Gareth, say goodbye. Bye. Well, yeah. Well, I'm kind of leaving it for Dylan to do the sign off. I thought. I think he's just signed off. Well, do, do I have a sign? What's I my sign? You sign off, and then it's and then for us to then be chirping. Are you oh, okay. saying like he has like I, I, those American news anchors who have official, like a, yeah. that's the way it yeah. is? Yeah, yeah I don't like, know. Maybe. I don't think yeah, he has yeah, a sign yeah. off. Are we still? Is this still on? I think. Well, this will probably this will become like the banter at the beginning, most likely now because it's such a the mess. famous banter at the beginning. Yeah. Oh, Dylan loves his banter at the beginning. Hey guys, and welcome to the fifth episode of the Unnecessary Roughness podcast. I am Dylan, and I'm joined, as always, by Gareth and Rob. How are you guys doing? We're very well, Dylan. Hey, Dylan. How are you? Uh, I'm I'm lovely. I'm I'm doing fantastic. There's so much news, though. Um, there, there's too much to be happening at once. Like we said, there's probably we're probably going to be lying to you before this podcast is over. So much is changing. Who knows where Antonio Brown's going to go? Trades right and left. News is um, breaking all know, around us. Yeah, but by the very second, I mean the the Giants have just made just about an, just about an hour or two before we started talking. The Giants um, traded Olivier Vernon. Rob, I know that's a, a near and dear story to your heart. Uh, it's a great trade for the Giants, to be honest. We get uh, a, a top guard, which is obviously a position of need. Uh, we were probably going to lose Vernon anyway, and he is, you know, he's a good player but he's not worth the contract he was on so it's a good trade i'm very disappointed about letting landon collins walk and our defense now has no playmakers whatsoever but our o-line could actually be good which could mean an eli renaissance for the next four to six seven years or so uh so mm-hmm. i'm very excited about that and you, yeah. you trade all, you shift us all the picks and you move down i think the fourth round we swapped our fourth round but that's well. yeah, yeah that's but no i think i think it's a good yeah you've sort of Improved your O line and it's an overall sort of good move for you. Yeah, well done. And Kate, thank you, thank you very much. And uh, <laughs> and Kate Keenum has just the first domino in our wheel of quarterbacks has fallen. And I think yeah. I'm pretty sure I sent Case Keenum to the Redskins. Did someone? Do you do you make who made a list of what we actually said? I don't think anyone oh, made a yeah, list. Well, I think I mean, oh, oh. Just go back and listen to our okay. podcast. I, I, yeah, we can just say that Rob was right. Also, to be if I remember correctly, I think I might have sent sixty percent of the free agent quarterbacks to the Redskins. So I think I probably sent Case Keenum there as well. Right. That's true, That's actually, because yeah, yeah, Dylan covered all his bases by sending everybody, to but, which is sort of cheating. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a, a bit, but um, yeah. So, so we'll have a lot of that progress to follow up on, seeing where all these quarterbacks end up. Um, basically, I mean, this is going to be a little bit faster of a podcast than normal. We're going to kind of break down the news that we know so far and some of what we don't know. And then we still have two more fun little segments to dive into for everybody. Um, so I guess to start off, I mean, something we were just talking about right before we started recording um, is it looks like the Jaguars are, they're emptying the cabinet. They're clearing the space. Um, it looks like it, they might be bringing in Nick Foles. What do you guys think is, is going on there? What do we think about well, this? Well, the problem move? is at this rate, Nick Foles will be the only player on the Jaguars roster yeah, because they are cutting be everyone. Uh, they've cut it. They've cut a lot of good defensive talent in the past hour. Uh, I think clearly you're right. It's got to be uh, making making way for Foles. So at the moment it's Malik Jackson, defensive tackle, running back Carlos Hyde, uh, to Sean Gibson. Is he corner? Yeah. He's the second safety and um, the offensive tackle Jeremy Parnell. So yeah, he's going to pretty much at this rate be the only guy left. But that's okay. 
He's talented. <laughs> but what do we think about Nick Foles? <laughs> I think he's perfect for the Jaguars. I mean, I have I serious if... concerns about Nick Foles' ability to... We know he's great in the clutch. We know he's great in December and January when he plays for Philadelphia. But we haven't yet seen him actually lead a team through the off-season and through a regular season. He, in fact, he had the chance to do that this past season. He knew he was going to be the starter for the first three or four games, and he played pretty terribly. And whatever, you know, he's clearly very comfortable when he has to come in in relief in Philadelphia. But outside of that, I think the jury's still out. So it's a risky move. I think this is a big risk for the Jags. He's just so strange. It's really, even after everything that happened, you really don't know what you're sort of going to get. And would anyone really be that surprised if it all sort of crashed and burnt and he didn't really come together? Apparently, him and Doug Peterson got on so well and he would really love the system, was really comfortable in it, more comfortable apparently than um, Carson Wentz. So yeah. everyone's just sort of making out that it would just be a seamless transition. But I mean, we've seen so many quarterbacks just thrive under a, a head coach and not elsewhere. I mean, Josh McCown came in for Jay Cutler. Do you remember that, Dylan? That was in our, that was in our time. Um, <laughs> and he came in and threw some like 20 touchdowns to like one interception or something and got a, yeah, got a decent contract. And he's now a sort of top-tier backup. But, you know, I, I, mm-hmm. I fear for the Jags that that might be what's going to happen. But maybe it's not a bad risk to take when you're behind. You, you know, you're, you're probably going to miss out on Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins. Why not? Yeah, and I, I mean, I think, you know, they, they're sort of, unfortunately, because of the nature of their contracts in the defensive end, they're, they're in very much of a win-now mode, I think. You know, they spent a lot on their defense in the past several years, and even their doubling contracts, now they still have a lot invested. Yeah, well, this is the thing, the they're really sort of just in this panic now that they, they've got this window, and it and if they don't do it now, then that's it. It's complete sort of shutdown and rebuild. It's sort of, they've just got to go for it now, find the quarterback, get it all together, because otherwise it, there's sort of a massive wall of shit coming towards them. Well, that yeah. might be a bit also, of an exaggeration, a massive no. wall of shit. But. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I was going to say it sort of depends because um, the next thing I kind of want to touch on is it's quite possible that Antonio Brown could be coming to their division. Um, and this is something that I know you might be interested in, Gareth. I kind of want to just rattle off really quickly the odds. We had a bit of a scare last night where it seemed for a second like Antonio Brown might go to the oh, Bills. Oh, it was crazy. I, I slept go. through the entire Antonio Brown Buffalo era. I, I woke <laughs> up and it had been and gone. It's so unfortunate. And uh, I'm really, I'm really ups- quite upset about that. I would have loved to see Antonio yeah. Brown in Buffalo just see how he coped there because I'm pretty sure he did not expect to be having, you know, Josh Allen throwing him passes in the middle of nowhere in the snow when he had oh, everyone wanted that to happen, and he sort of gets comeuppance. And there's a really interesting thing where Larry Fitzgerald recently came out and basically said, like, you don't know how well you've got it. Like, yeah, you know, he spent his whole time playing for sort of these teams and trying to make it work and playing with rubbish quarterbacks. And you had you under Ben Rosberg, a future oh, Hall of Fame. But I mean, what I say, I like, I, I don't like Antonio Brown. I don't like the guy. I think I, I still like him more than Ben Roethlisberger, and I can understand why he just doesn't want to work with the guy anymore. I mean, talk about a quarterback throwing your players under the bus, you know, blaming Antonio Brown for, for running bad routes when he throws a bad interception, and then the owner comes out and says that the Steelers is a team of, of one adult and 52 kids. I mean, 
it's just, I, I would want to get out of there. I mean, imagine working for Ben Roethlisberger. Imagine being one of Ben Roethlisberger's kids, honestly. Mm, he's a child. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but the thing, it still kind of holds, though, that, you know, looking at this list of teams of where he might end up, you know, even if it's not the Bills, he's most likely going to be taking a downgrade yeah, Twitter. it's going to be a worse situation for him. I mean, just to, just to tell everybody really quickly, I mean, these are the odds that I found as of yesterday. So this isn't really accounting for anything that's happened with, with the Bills. I don't know if that changes anything, but the Raiders are plus 350, the best odds. Then the Titans, Gareth, at plus 550. Then the Cardinals, then the Packers. And then there's kind of a slew of teams after that, including the Niners, Browns, Colts, who I mentioned last podcast, and him staying with the Steelers. Um, yeah, not many Super Bowl-ready so, teams that he could possibly go to. It's interesting. Um, the the Titans baffles me to be honest. It's not going to happen. I find it really strange <laughs> the first place that we've even been linked with him. It doesn't really make any sense. And it's and recently during the combine, uh, Mike Vrabel was sort of asked about this, and him and John Robinson, the general manager, have given similar answers where they said, you know, there are certain things. No matter how good a player you are, you don't want in your dressing room. We don't want that sort of player. Which completely, you know, you think means well. Obviously, they're not in the market. And they've really set out to make this team where there's no big personalities that everyone's in it for themselves. And he really wouldn't fit that sort of thing. Um, but I mean, there is room for personalities in that locker room since Mariota doesn't have one. Absolutely. Um, no, no, uh, yeah, of course. And <laughs> some, part of me does want, you know... They might just be overcompensating and just bringing in big personalities so that there is a personality is in Tennessee. Yeah, I get that. Stop. But it makes no real sense, I think. Going after I mean, Brown. and I think it's mostly due in due diligence. A similar sort of thing happened last year where we were really closely linked with Ndamukong Sue and we're sort of the final teams inquiring after that, and that made more sense. But this, I think, is probably just something where we've inquired. Apparently, we were just monitoring the situation, didn't actually sort of put in a formal offer, and we just sort of inquire and see what the sort of price was. But that was about it. But I mean, we can all agree he's going to the Raiders, right? Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah? Yeah. All right, let's move on because Maybe. by the time people listen to this pod, he'll be on the Raiders anyway. So, <laughs> so well, so Antonio Brown, welcome to the yeah. Raiders, shall we say? Um, well, yeah, and and whether or not that's actually a good fit, you know, I guess we can talk about once he lands or wherever he does land. But speaking of things that don't fit, do Kyler Murray's hands even fit around a football? Well, his hands are normal. <laughs> According to the, it, you know, it, it, do you remember when Donald Trump said in the uh, in in the debate because Marco Rubio had insinuated that he had a small willy and he mm-hmm. it's crazy to think that these this is the world we live in but Donald <laughs> Trump then said Donald Trump said there's uh, there's like there's nothing wrong with my hands like and you know what that means hint hint I can't remember the exact quote he's he ins- he ins- intimated that his penis is fine because his hands are fine. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how. How did we get onto this? I was asking about. I didn't ask you anything about they Donald were the Trump. same nine and a half inch hands. That's very normal. His height was the yes. thing I think people were more concerned about. And he's five ten. We all thought he was five nine. So he is still tiny. Well, but, but conspiracies. There might have been some. Tiny. But yeah, it's since come his out, measurables might not be. It has since come out that people tampering. think he has tampered with his height. Which I love that this has just been said. And no one's really inquired about how one does that, about how that's a thing. But apparently, 
um, you know, crazier things have happened at combines with with sort of shorter prospects that they've like dangled upside down the night before and stuff and and stretched out and and you have those things those things we used to have with our fingers where you put it's like a tube. I don't know if this made it across to America, Dylan, but they were all the range in. <laughs> Over here, we'd have this tube where you put your fingers in, remember? Guys? Yeah, and you can't pull them out. You've got to sort of push and then... Right, and it makes your fingers a bit longer. So I don't know if there was... Oh, you mean like a, like a Chinese... Sure. That's what it is. Sure. Yeah. That's what they call them here. So I don't know if okay. Kyler yeah. was on the finger traps before, uh, before his... Um, mm. But it, it seems like... And it's crazy with Kyler Murray. Two weeks ago, he was being mocked to the Dolphins, to the Redskins. Now it's almost a given that he's going to go number one. Uh, it's just his rise has been staggering in such a short, short space of time. It is Obviously, crazy. Obviously, his less than super tiny measurables have, have I guess, helped that. Because his apparently we... subjective measurables as well. Exactly. But <laughs> I do wonder whether the Kyler Murray going first overall, it could be some sort of smoke and mirrors by the... Cardinals are trying to get someone to trade him. But at this stage, I don't think it yeah, is. I mean, it would be a, a fantastic bluff by them if it isn't. Bluff of the century. But for me, the concern with Kyler Murray isn't even the size. It's the it's personality, frankly. I mean, and, and we've heard reports that he didn't impress teams in the interviews at the no. combine. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. I watched the guy's press conference, or a bit of it. You know, he's swaying from side to side, looking across the room while the journalists are asking questions. His answers are short and sort of, you know, personality-less. And you compare that with, I think, Dwayne Haskins comes across really well in interviews. Drew Locke, I think, comes across really well in interviews. Well, it's interesting because apparently he, he's just always been a superstar. He, he was at, um, I don't know the name of the high school he was at, but they went 43-0 or something. He's never lost a single game. And he went straight um, to college and has been pretty much a superstar ever since. And his dad sort of runs a lot of his interviews for him mm. and sort of does a lot of the PR stuff. Mm. And apparently he's just a bit of a petulant child and a bit sort of arrogant. I mean... That doesn't necessarily mean you can't be... I mean, we're talking about Ben Roethlisberger. You know, you can still be a petulant child and be a good quarterback in the NFL, but it's the, he's kind, not it's the, the sort of guy you want to root for. I mean, you know, my team needs a quarterback. I don't think there's any chance of the Giants taking Kyler Murray because he's not their kind of player, but I'd be... I could much easier get behind Dwayne Haskins, who, all right, he's a Giants fan, but he also comes across as a, a clever guy, like a, a funny, bright guy, humble... And I watched, I watched Kyler Murray and, uh, you know, I certainly know who I'd rather have on my team and who I'd rather be cheering for the next 15 years. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I guess all this sort of remains to be seen, but I, I, I think I would say all in all, it was the best case scenario, even if the personality stuff aside, what people are reacting to looking at the, the combine was the best case scenario sure. for Kyler Murray. I mean, don't, don't we think that he set himself up in the best possible He's position? He's apparently going to measure at his pro day again to, to, put, to put the doubters to <laughs> oh, bed. But, just to, but I mean, yeah, some of the other stuff that came out, that whole DK Metcalf 1.9% body fat. Dylan, by the way, Gareth and I are moving on to our second glass of wine. <laughs> yeah, we're actually pouring out. The, uh, <laughs> we would offer you well, one. We're pouring one out so far. Is this, a, is, is this part of the podcast now? I didn't realize that. We get that. drunk. As, as as we were <laughs> but yeah, so DK Metcalf apparently is one point nine percent body fat, which yeah. according about, to most about where I'm bodybuilding professionals is actually like at a top. Well, this is the thing: people have said that the measurements they used at the combine. Look, I'm not an expert, but apparently they're off by can be off by a couple of percent as the margin of error. Um, so I think we can all agree that he's not less than two percent body fat because you die, right? So. <laughs> But my point is, I mean, whether it's 1.6 or 1.9 or, or maybe like 2 or 3, what, 
for me, that's a huge red flag. I mean, get a life. You know, like if your body fat is so low, get. I mean, have a milkshake. Get out of the gym. Like, don't skip gym for a day. Go out with your friends. What do you and... do in your spare time? I think he's a really. He's yeah. the, For me, the real interesting storyline for the combine because he had this unbelievable forty time, the unbelievable sort of um, broad jump, sort of. Um, he had a bad, bad cone drill. But then the cone drill was awful. He was slower than Tom Brady. He's apparently. an Al Davis kind of receiver. So if Al Davis was alive, he would be trading up to number one to take DK Metcalf. But 100% a team <laughs> will fall in love with him and he'll go and like, yeah, top for sure. or something. I, I agree. Oh, yeah. He'll, he'll go incredibly high. I mean, I just think somebody's not going to pass up on yeah. the measurables. I mean, a lot of it, not just sort of toot, toot my team's horn, but I saw a lot of it getting sort of compared to Julio Jones was kind of the last time that someone saw numbers like that from a player of that size, show that sure. speed. And then, yeah, I mean, yeah, and then whether or not he spends, you know, nine and a half hours a day in the gym, I, I guess that's his own <laughs> sort of issue. But, right. um, I mean, just just quickly, were there any other kind of big storylines from the Combine that stood out to you guys? Um, I mean, any players to really look out for? It. The, other, the only other thing I really event. love is watching these sort of big boys who, who run ridiculously fast despite their sort of fatness. But it was Montez Sweat, the edge rusher, who yeah. ran a faster 40 than Odell. Which is just unbelievable. And like, uh, actually, Dwayne Haskins <laughs> ran a slower forty than Eli Manning. Um, yeah, but it doesn't matter. And the last thing <laughs> I know, the last thing I would say is that apparently the punters ran quite fast forties this year. So well done, punters. Yeah, a big big past month of NFL for yeah, punters absolutely. overall. Big Super Bowl for punters. The big Titans just gave a three year like, extension we... to our Pro Bowl punter Brett Kerr, which the whole mm. fan base are absolutely over the moon about. He's a Oh, see, okay, there we go. See, and you have to, I mean, you have to lock down. You do, those boys just don't get free agency. That's the problem. You've got to get them down. (laughs) Um, Well, somebody who is not in free agency or who we didn't even think would be a free agent ever again, but is coming back to the NFL is Jason Witten, who I do want to talk about really quickly. I mean, I know the story's kind of been beaten down a lot already. Um, I mean, basically kind of the opposite of what normally happens where a player they start to get a little bit washed as a player and so they move on to broadcasting jason witten was immediately washed as a broadcaster so he went back to playing um what do we think about this as well a i think for the Cowboys, i think to use a jason witten phrase jerry jones by making this move has pulled another rabbit out of his head because <laughs> this is this is a real shocker that, by the way, was something Jason Witten said he about. Does. He said that after Aaron Rodgers threw a touchdown last <laughs> season, he said, "Wow, well, Aaron Rodgers has pulled another rabbit out of his head." <laughs> and in the same game that he was co-commentating on against the 49ers, he the 49ers were punting, and he admonished them for a failed possession because he said, "Quote." Every possession is so important when you're going up against Sam Rogers. <laughs> Um, I've got a few other of his greatest hits here as yeah, well. Yeah, roll them, roll them off quickly. I, uh, no, I'd like to hear them. You know how the best bit about Tony Romo is when someone's open and you just hear Romo shout, He's got him! Yeah. Oh, I it's love so that. Great. It's so good. But Jason Witten can't do that. Because he <laughs> shouted, He's got Kelsey! When Kelsey was covered by... He was triple covered. <laughs> he, and Mahomes absolutely did not have Kelsey, but Witten was losing it because for some reason he thought he had Kelsey. There was another one where there was... Um, Witten identified as a Tampa 2 coverage and someone posted a screenshot o- on Twitter and it's quite clearly cover one with man coverage across the board, but Witten just... So thought. it couldn't be more different, really. And then one of my favourite quotes is... And I'm going to quote this. This will sound like I'm 
I'm uh, stumbling over the quote, but I'm actually reading this verbatim. He said, San Francisco cannot keep kicking themselves in the foot. I don't even know. Oh, was he trying to say San Francisco? Yeah, he uh, said San Francisco cannot keep kicking themselves in the foot. Presumably, that might have been just before that he punted back to Sam Rogers. Um, <laughs> that's about the extent of my thoughts, to be honest, about Jason Witten. Other than uh, my memories as a Giants fan of, are of him getting sort of 14 catches on us every game, and I can see him just lighting it up against the Giants and doing nothing the rest of the season. I do have a bit so of sympathy for him, because clearly when he was commentating, he was just so nervous and just not made to do that job and just panicked and said these things without quite and you can see what he's trying to say a lot of the time and oh, it just I comes out one. wrong I forgot one so it's also I think it's also from this uh, Green Bay 49ers game when Green Bay are trying to sneak a receiver across the line of scrimmage before they, they snap the ball but Richard Sherman read it correctly and made the tackle and Jason Witten says well they're trying to sneak him across the line of coverage but Sherman says, oh, I've seen that truck a little bit. What? I mean, that is yeah, not, that's not a saying. <laughs> I've seen that truck a little bit. It's not a recognised <laughs> idiom. And uh, so I think, I think for, for football fans, it's good news that Jason Whitten is out of the booth. It, I would say for the English language in general. I, I just don't think that I don't were think, ready for his I do not think the English language could have survived another year of Jason Whitten. I think I, I'm not sure what would have happened. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> I, I think that that's a good note to leave it on is sort of the in memoriam of Jason Witten's uh, contortion upon football commentating. Um, there's going to be a lot more news to talk about next podcast. I think the chips are going to settle a little bit. Um, we'll have more drafts up to talk about. But one thing that I'm sure you're very excited to move into, Rob, is that you have concocted yet another ingenious segment for us. Uh, you surprised us last week with your QB wheel. Um, your big wheel of quarterbacks that you spun for us until it broke down mid-show. Um, well, but, but it was using so much power, that wheel, gonna... and unfortunately well, yeah. it ran out of electricity. But... Uh, yeah, I feel bad for Gareth's electrical bill. Yeah, we um, can watch TV at the but... same time. Welcome to <laughs> Challenge Flag. And if I can be bothered to make some introduction music, that will be playing here. Otherwise, this will just be playing, and that's fine. So, welcome to Challenge Flag, you guys. Um, so the way this segment is going to work is every week I am going to read out a certain number of things and all of those things are going to be true except one and you guys, once I've read them all out, are going to have to throw the challenge flag on, on the thing you think is false. I know that's quite a vague description but it, this can change a lot but for the first challenge flag segment I have picked three lesser known prospects in the draft this year these are not guys going in the top couple of rounds they're sort of fifth sixth seventh round guys maybe priority free agents and i'm going to read you because these three prospects have more peculiar names and i've i'm i've written a little scouting report a mock a fake scouting report for all of them and i'm going to read you their name and the scouting report however one of these prospects does not exist and the other two do and you're going to have to throw the challenge flag on the prospect you think is made up so prospect number one are you listening Dylan you've been awfully quiet <laughs> oh yeah, yes <laughs> no I'm just incredibly focused I actually do have one sure. question before we so do you, do you want us to is it sort of a real no 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 I'm going to go through all of it or... and then at the end okay. I'll ask you for your challenge you should flags. get actual okay, flags cool. so, so I can, can have complete knowledge. yeah we should get flags mm-hmm. but I don't think that's a priority in a in a audio medium personally <laughs> 
but I I bought a flag. Oh, great. Oh. I oh, thought great. you guys were going to. So prospect yeah. number one is Demarcus Christmas. Projected to go in the third or fourth round, Demarcus Christmas is an interior D lineman out of Florida State. He's a good run stuffer with four years college experience, but he lacks ideal length. Tends to only come on in the last <laughs> month or two of the season, meaning he's really only a top-level starter in December. At 6'4 and 308 pounds, he's going to struggle to shimmy down a chimney, and he's not an ideal pass rusher, meaning he'll lack ability to deliver sacks, both of quarterbacks and of presents. <laughs> but he is a great character to have around and will bring a lot of joy to the dressing room. That's the Marcus Christmas. Who wrote that, Jeff? I wrote that. Oh, so you wrote it on all of them. Okay. I wrote it on all And by the way, I should them, clarify yeah. that the scouting reports are completely fake for all of them, but two of these people... Yes. Oh, okay. But we're just I telling you, you the person is genuine. Like, no, no, no. Okay, cool. All right, prospect number two, Sheldrick Redwine, a safety out of Miami, <laughs> projected to go towards the end of the draft. The, the aggressive, versatile play style of Redwine makes him a vintage bullhawking safety. Struggled to adapt both on and off the field in his first year at college, but he has really matured over time. He won't fit a conservative defense who will just bottle up his playmaking ability. You need to be willing, willing to uncork Redwine and let him pour it on opposing quarterbacks. But if fans need a Riesling to get behind him, well, he's an exciting player to watch. So you can be sure that you are never going to get Bordeaux him. Bordeaux. Uh, yeah, okay. So, from from a, a, uh, we throw the flag during. No, no, no. Okay, we'll yeah, throw the right. flag. No, no, from no. From a measurable don't. standpoint. So, who's the third person? I haven't finished red wine oh, yet. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> from a measurable standpoint, <laughs> red wine, red wine. A, is a full-bodied prospect yeah, with good. good legs. His best okay, match in yeah. the NFL will be somewhere on the west coast, like San Francisco, or at a push Seattle. But he'll struggle in colder weather climates, like on the east coast. Mm. However, one team to keep your eye on would be the Packers. Pairing red wine with those cheese heads could make for a delightful combination. Nice. <laughs> oh, well done. And prospect number three, Malik Party the third, a guard or right tackle <laughs> out of Arkansas. Can I can I ask you to spell party? Uh, yes, pa- or is that party G? is with an E, so it's P A R T E Y. Okay. A two-year starter who's a tough power run uh, guard and has played uh, played games at right tackle as well. Party's carefree attitude and larger-than-life personality will make him the life and soul of any locker room. The concerns are off the field with Party, though. He's been disciplined for drinking and for drug use, which has led him to miss games in his first season. He also suffered an ankle injury in a tough beer pong matchup towards the end of the second <laughs> season, which almost kept him out of the combine. So, we have Demarcus Christmas, Sheldrick Redwine, and Malik Party III. Who are you throwing the challenge flag on? Well, there's only one of those that I know is a prospect i'm gonna go with red wine i throw my challenge flag okay dylan okay i i think that there's almost no way that red wine doesn't exist i'm gonna throw mine on the least ridiculous name actually it's malik party the third dylan is correct malik party the third is a major prospect but uh but good luck to demarcus christmas yeah i knew about demarcus christmas but. Yes, yeah. So now I'm going to do a very oh. quick fire version of that round. Um, there's no, uh, there's no add-ons to this. I'm just going to read out three names uh, in each set of three. Two of them will be real prospects. One of them will be fake. And you just need to throw your challenge flag. Okay. okay. So, oh, first of all, I'll ask you which of these, which of the following U.S. presidents does not share a surname with a prospect in this draft? Ooh. Richard Nixon, oh. Thomas Jefferson, or Woodrow Wilson? Nixon. Dylan? 
Wilson. Correct. Woodrow what? Wilson. There's not, there's not a Wilson. There's, well, I don't think there's a Wilson. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I really struggled to find a list of all the prospects I could search. But there's certainly yeah. there's uh, Keyshawn Dixon. Uh, sorry, Keyshawn Nixon, who's a cornerback out of South Carolina, and there's C.C. Jefferson, an oh, edge rusher yeah. out of Florida. I'm going to now throw two very posh names at you. These are names of sort of 18th century English aristocracy. One of them is real and one of them is false. Alfred Fairway II or Ulysses Gilbert III. And these are also prospects? One of them is or a these prospect. are just. Like who who are you throwing your challenge flag on? Uh, the, who's the first? Uh, the first Alfred one. Fairway the second. Yeah, I was going to say the first one as well. Okay, You're I'll both go, correct. Yeah. You're both correct. Alfred oh, Fairway yes. Beta. You don't have the imagination to think up Ulysses Gilbert the third. Not even you do. No, That's too brilliant. Good luck to Ulysses Gilbert the third, though. Um, you've probably possibly heard of Little Little Jordan Humphrey, yeah, who's a wide receiver out of Texas. But which of these uh, next two music-related ne- uh, prospects? Sorry, which of these next three? Music-related prospects uh, is uh, made up. Marshawn Rocker, Michael Jackson, or Rock Yassin? Uh, I'm pretty sure I know there's... I'm pretty sure I heard there's a Michael Jackson. Was it Michael Jordan? Only one uh, is made up. was made up. Which was the first uh, one? Because that is the one that was yeah. made up, so I forgot what I said. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, there is a Michael Jackson who's nice. a cornerback out of Miami, and there is a Rock Yassin who's also a cornerback out of Temple. And finally, which of these three prospects is false? Which are you throwing the challenge flag on here? Squally Canada, <laughs> Shy Tuttle, or Hamp Cheevers? Again, I've heard Squally Canada. Okay. Um, and I'm... Pr- you What's the second one? Shy Tuttle. Shy Tuttle. You're throwing Chinese yeah. Shy Tuttle, Dylan? Uh, I'll throw it on Cheevers, Ham I guess. Cheevers. It was a trick yeah. question. They are all prospects. Oh, I've just said, I've heard, of, oh. I've heard of, um, Shy Cheevers as well. Squally, Ca- Squally oh. Canada is a running back out of BYU. Shy Tuttle, a defensive tackle out of Tennessee. And Hamp Cheevers is a cornerback out of Boston College. For me, Squally Canada is my favourite name. Squally Canada is fantastic. Uh, if your surname yeah, is Squally Canada... Canada. Or really, if your surname is anything, Although don't call John your son Squally. It's pretty fantastic as well. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one too. Little Jordan. Wow, what a great segment, Rob. Well done. Thank you. I, yeah, Rob, that I, was, that I was do love how sort of gen, how actual sincere draft reports are so homoerotic. That really mm. gives you points. Yeah. Like he is excellent a thick, size, long-bodied boy with a great jawline, a yeah. pert ass. Perfect. Like. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> tend to mention the jawline I think in scattering for <laughs> but uh, they do talk about the length and the width and the and the lean thighs and the yeah I mean it, it's enough to get anyone oh, going certainly <laughs> um, well <laughs> before we cap off the episode with um, another segment from Gareth I know one thing that we wanted to do really quickly was sort of do kind of a fast segment where we talk about the storylines that we're all going to get sick of talking about this. And I suggested there's a little wrinkle, which I'm going to throw out there right now. How about we all give each of these storylines a number of yawns out of five in terms of how bored bored we are. So, for example, if you cannot, just simply cannot listen to this anymore, you give it five yawns. If you're actually quite interested in the storyline, you only give it one yawn. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. I love that. Can we can we just to set sort of a, a stage of a set of like context? What would be like a film or a TV show or something that you would generally rank? So as the five? artist would get five yawns. Uh, I know Gareth has watched a few 
very like three yeah, hour I've not just seen films. the arts, but apparently it's it's great. Yeah. But I really like yeah, when Garrett house films. Garrett's been to see three foreign films in the past like two weeks. Well, you do have to think, sorry. So yeah, I'm probably not the best person <laughs> to ask. Uh, what film would be Five Yawns? Um, well, I'll tell you what would be one yawn is Die Hard. Die Hard would be one yawn. Okay. Well, there's no yawn. Okay, well, no, yawns. that's not an option. That's not. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay, yeah, but yeah, but Die Hard. Yeah, Die Hard is. Is maybe maybe I'd say, you're, you're um, screaming with joy and it looks like you're yawning. Transformers, that would be Die Hard five, five would get a few yawns. Transformers would get five I've, yawns. That's from the most bored okay, I've yep. ever been watching a film. Okay, yeah, I yeah that that I can get. Okay, so we have. Okay. Our I think we get it now. Yeah. I think we, yeah, I think we understand. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, we all understand. Okay, so so the first one is one that we've already touched yeah. on. So this is going to be a little bit punishing for us. Uh, is the Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell sagas where they'll end up? Well, in the I, I think yawns? they're a bit separate because I actually, I I love the whole Antonio Brown saga. I find that really exciting and fun. I know a lot of people don't, but I don't really get it. I, so I would give Antonio Brown one yawn, mm-hmm. but I would give Le'Veon Bell four yawns because okay. I'm actually I don't really care about Le'Veon Bell, and because it's gone on for so long now. Yeah, the, the Le'Veon Bell fun. thing has gone on for a year, so that gets and plus five, that gets four yawns from me. Antonio Brown. I'm going to give it two yawns because it's interesting, but I'm almost on the... I just want him to be traded now. I want this to be over. But I do want us to start talking about how dysfunctional the Steelers are and how bad a leader Big Ben is and, and how bad a coach Mike Tomlin is. Don't at me. I know that's a controversial opinion, but I think that's the next you know reckoning to have uh, once we've gone... Once these two players end up in the destination, I'm going to give one yawn to the uh, Steelers' reckoning because I think that organisation needs a wake-up call and needs to get rid of some uh, some some people holding it back. I'll give three yawns to that, because I don't okay. think actually anything will really come of it. I think it's mostly a discussion okay. Okay. topic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll give I'll give a, a bland three yawns across the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm concerned with the Steelers in general. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, the next one uh, is where will the Raiders play? I mean, year? it is insane. Uh, that we don't know where the Raiders are going to play. Yeah. It's like Brexit. Like, it's almost here, and we just don't know what yeah, is going to happen. Yeah, but I feel it's one of those things where the problem will resolve itself. Like, they have to play somewhere, so they will, and they just will. So I don't find it... I'm going to give this four yawns. Okay. I don't really care about it. it if just... they end up back at the Oakland Coliseum for another year, this is a five-yawn story. But if they're in... Spend a you weird... can't retrospectively assign If they yawns. spend one of those weird years in a stadium that means nothing like the Sam Boyd Stadium in Nevada. I I, I want to see that happen because that's just one of those. I love it. I love the chaos when a team moves to a weird stadium, like when Minnesota was in their, their college stadium for two years. I love that. I don't know. I think it's because I don't really know these places very well. If there was a chance of them coming to London, that would be so exciting. Well, but that that's one yawn if they're coming to London. And because that, that yeah. vague prospect, although maybe not likely, is hanging there, I'm going to give this two yawns. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with Rob on this. I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it actually one yawn just on the very very slim off chance that something completely ridiculous can happen. Either they'll end up playing something somewhere horribly embarrassing and small in the middle of nowhere, or on the maybe zero point one percent chance that they play in like Mexico City or just London. play in the, just play in the Nevada desert. Just just draw some lines in the sand <laughs> in the desert. No one goes to Raiders games anyway. And then the black hole can still be there at the end of one episode. They already play in the sand for half the season anyway because of the the baseball uh, season. So that's actually true. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's true. Talk about home field advantage. Anyway, next yeah, one on this true. list: okay. How are Aaron Rodgers and Matt Lafleur getting on? 
I think I have a bit more invested interest in this because Matt Lafleur was the offensive yeah. coordinator of the um, Titans. So and ah, uh, I think I kind of want it to fail because I'm just bitter, and if it'd be kind of annoying if Matt Lafleur goes from being a pretty below average to sort of disappointing OC at the Titans to actually oh he is an actual genius and it was just the Titans and Mario to being incompetent all along that would that would kind of annoy me so I'm interested I'd say I give it two yawns but um, mostly for selfish um, sort of reasons I think this is not it's, it's a quite an interesting topic now but I think during the uh, training camp period when nothing happened I think all we're going to hear is Oh, how do you interpret this comment from Matt LaFleur? How does that mean the relationship with Aaron Rodgers is? And so I'm going to play the long game here. I, I'm happy to hear about it now, but I think by July and August, it's going to be very tedious. So I'm going to give this topic four yawns. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to give it two yawns. Um, I'm, actually, I'm actually relatively interested in this, only on the sheer prospect of the Packers, of there being a positive narrative surrounding the Packers heading into a season ever um for the next one are the browns finally ready to compete and or take the next step and or contend for the playoffs um, or the super bowl <laughs> i i think i'd give this three yawns just because i'm not really interested in it in a storyline because i think they are ready to compete and that will be exciting i guess but they were already competing towards the end of last year anyway so I don't really think it's a particularly um a storyline where oh what's going to happen it's kind of I think it's fairly sort of well accepted that they will be good next year so yeah I'm fairly sort of blasé about this uh I'm pleased that Browns fans finally get to enjoy an off-season where they're talk being talked about as contenders I think that's a really great thing I think they're also in a great division to compete so I think that probably inflates the uh the mm -hmm. conversation a bit more because I mean, I, I, my hot take is that the Ravens are going 6-10. and 10. I'm locking that in for next season, and we can revisit that perhaps in our preview show, but I'm locking in 6-10 and 10 for the Ravens. Steelers are, as we've mentioned, a dumpster fire. The Bengals clearly are the Bengals. So, I, you know, it's a good opportunity for them to win. Uh, they just ruined all the shine for me by signing Kareem Hunt. That, that's the thing that I yeah, don't want to hear so about Yeah, that is so true. Anymore. We haven't actually mentioned this yet. I was yet. really, really happy for the, you know, to get behind the Browns. They were the darling of the league, and now yeah. it's like, oh. And now it, there's this asterisk over it. So for that reason, that gets an extra yawn and takes this up to three yawns for me. But I love <laughs> Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is who I want my franchise quarterback to be. I know you don't like Baker Mayfield, Dylan. Yeah, I'm an I'm an established Baker Mayfield hater. Um, more for personal reasons than for professional reasons. I think the Browns will be quite good next year. I think that division, for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned, Rob, is, is pretty wide open. Um, I think most of these other teams are going to self-destruct or are in the process of self-destructing, or in the case of the Bengals, have been self-destructing for five years or so. Um, so I'm going to give it five Breaking news. I, we used to have a, like a drop. Hit us, hit us, Gareth. Uh, Steelers oh, yeah, offensive tackle Marcus Gilbert has been traded to Cardinals. Wow. Well, that finally brings an pick. end to the Steelers saga of where mm -hmm. offensive tackle Marcus Gilbert will go. And now they are free from yeah, distraction. You heard so it I'm first here. Yeah. Let me revise my statement about the Browns yeah. then, now that we know what the Steelers will do. I'm going to throw a quick one out there. I'm going to throw a quick one out there. 
Okay. Rule changes, making more things challengeable. I think we're going to hear a lot of that over the yeah, summer. Yeah, it's only gone quite a bit, but I think mm-hmm. it will rear its head again as it sort of gets into the proper sort of off-season after draft. And, and I'm stuff. only going to give that to you, because I, I want the rules to change. I mean, we, well, haven't talked about, we haven't talked about this much, but um, you know, Bill Belichick has always been a proponent of making everything challengeable, as people you know, often bring up. And the owners at the owners' meeting look at him like, like he's a... <laughs> like extreme communist or something, they're like, whoa, I mean, check out Ocasio-Cortez over there with his, you know, make everything challengeable uh, <laughs> wild card theory. But why not make everything challengeable, League? That's my message to you. Well, I think and I like Ocasio-Cortez. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand why you wouldn't want everything so, challengeable. I think it, that would be... Well, everything... But anyway, I think it's uh, a it's debate to have well, that wraps up the stories we're sick of uh, talking about. Gareth, you know what it's time for. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you kidding me? That is impossible. Oh, come on! Come on! That is absolutely impossible. You cannot be serious! Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Believable! You have to be kidding me. That is impossible. So, we're, so I know... We're already only on the second Are You Kidding Me? But we're already throwing a special your way. Because we're doing a combine Are You Kidding Me? special. That's like these English sitcoms that do six episodes and then come back three years later for a Christmas special. And yeah, that's exactly. their entire run. Uh, and it's much more simple, really. It's a true or false. I'm going to read out some questions that have been asked prospects at the combine. And you have to say... Are you kidding me, or are you not kidding me? Oh, so do you think it's true? That or... sounds exactly like mine. I know, I realised this as we were playing your game. <laughs> it's <a> similar. <laughs> but it was too late, so we're going with it. Oh, we're going with it. Ready? So, firstly, <clears throat> someone was asked at the Combine, can I measure your bicep by one of the teams? Definitely true. Yeah, I think that's true. I would ask that of a prospect. That was actually fake. Well, that was asked at a Super Bowl oh. media day in 2009, where TV Azteca asked wide receiver Steve Freeston if she could measure his bicep live on TV, and it was super awkward, apparently. He played for the Saints. <laughs> Am I right? Uh, I, don't, I don't remember. Okay. I don't remember a, a wide receiver in that Super Bowl with very particularly big biceps. So. Well, they all they play in the NFL, so they probably all do. Right, number two. <laughs> Do you have both testicles? That that was asked. I heard about that. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah, that okay, was true. Well, then that was this these, year. That yeah. was Texas corner Chris Boyd. And you know what answer he gave? Yes. No. <laughs> no, he actually he refused to answer, <laughs> which actually becomes a bit of a controversy. Oh, which um, I respect okay. that saying that's a ridiculous question. Yeah. But I mean, although I would say that that's a no. What what's the, with the insecurity, Chris, about your testicles? You either have two or you don't. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think there might have been some question over his testicles. Well, I think the question is answered. If he refused to answer, he does not have two testicles. Yeah, that's a no. Okay. You're currently one and one then. You've got one right and one wrong. Mm-hmm. You have to cut together <laughs> come up with whether you think it's true or false. Okay. Um, okay. Where does the sun rise and set? Oh, that sounds, that sounds very true. Well, you've got to agree. I think that's false, Dylan. Okay, okay. Okay, um... You know what? I'll, I'll I'll let you lead the way on this one, Rob. We couldn't go with false. It was in fact true. <gasps> Dylan. Um, I again. <laughs> I did that so you could be wrong. I can't. I don't, I don't actually know who the player, but apparently when 
he came into the um, interview, the, the representative of the team didn't shake his hand, just got on his face and said, where did the sun rise and set? And it was very strange. <laughs> you get it right? Everyone, I don't actually know what his answer was in the end, but um, yeah, apparently very strange. Right, uh, so you're now one and two, Ugh, falling behind. Let's keep going. Uh, How many questions do we have? We have, hang on, uh, one, two, three, we have Six five eight. left. Five remaining. Five remaining, right? That's okay, battle three. Okay. okay. <clears throat> um, are you a virgin? True. False. What, True. What, True. What, what, False. What are you going for? I'm going false. Is that your final answer? I'm, go I'm going... You're not no, I'm going true. I've heard this. I'm going true. True, true. Is that your final answer? It was true. Yeah. Yeah. It was yes. true that he was a virgin or it was true that they asked that? Well, again, he. I think he refused to answer. Um, do you prefer the sun or the moon? True or false? <laughs> false. False. Yeah, it was false. Okay, I need to keep track of it. So you're, oh, you've now jumped up to three and two with uh, yeah, three remaining. So. Uh, what would be your murder weapon of choice, gun or knife? False. <laughs> Is that your final answer? I, mm -hmm. I think it's okay. true. What are you going to go for? True. I didn't, I, I've only just realised that we're a team here. I we were... <laughs> You're a team. You've got to work yeah, together. Sorry, Dylan. All right, we'll go with Dylan. You're going to go with Dylan's so, Yeah. Uh, it was, in fact, true. Well done, Dylan. Well done. Well, well, well done. Well done, Well done, both of us. <laughs> yeah. Um, unknown answer. Um... Okay, there are two left, and you're up 4-2, so you just need to not screw up. Uh, who let the dogs out? <laughs> false. False? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, go with, false. I'll go with false. It was false, but that was something someone asked Obama, apparently, in the press conference. Okay, okay. so we've um, guaranteed a winning season. It's Yes. Uh, but unfortunately, right. the final question is worth four points. But we're going to rest. No, oh. we're resting our starters in the season finale. <laughs> yeah, and we're yeah, going to we bring in Adam, who is uh, our housemate who's just wandered past. No, we're not really. Go on, Gareth. Was someone asked to do a staring contest? Yeah, I think that's the sort of thing that would happen. Yeah, that's yeah I realised that was actually like kind of an easy one because it would be a strange So we win! Yeah, well done. So we go oh, nine and two with well. that four-point four final It was question. Kentucky yeah. corner Lonnie Johnson actually this year and he won yeah. the staring contest, which will be shorter. Combine, que combine questions are weird. It's like um, Oxbridge interviews. They just like to throw stuff at the um, prospects. Yeah, but because hmm. they're literally fine-tuned by the agents with answers for every single question they could possibly get answered. So you've got to go for crazy stuff really to try and catch them out. I think Kyler Murray's mm -hmm. answer to every question would have been... Uh, <laughs> I don't like Kyler Murray. Right. That was good, Gareth. Well done. Another great yeah, edition of Are You excellent. Kidding Me? Yeah, that was fantastic, you guys. That uh, Well, I hope that our, what I would say were three very fun segments make up for the fact that we might have talked about 90% of news that would become irrelevant by the time you're Sorry, I do actually have some breaking news, guys, and this is big. Steelers wide receiver Antonio Brown has been traded to the Orlando Apollos of the AAF. What? <laughs> was that any of our teams? We yes, it's, week? it's funny leave? because that was my team, and both of your teams suck. And I picked the. I just looked. They're all like Owen. Did the Atlanta Legends? They're all like Owen Four. I looked at the odds to win the AAF, and your teams are the two last teams. Yeah, and my, my team, team who I picked on the fly, the Orlando Apollos. On the fly, they were two and zero. Are the favourites to win? So I think I've. Oh, wow, I think I've done well here. After giving so much really done it shit again. to Adam, our housemate, for picking the Rams, that's literally what you've just done. Just well, an unbeaten team. Excuse me, yeah. I'm Apollos till I die. 
Or <laughs> to the AAS side. I've been to Orlando. Have you been I've to not Orlando? been to Orlando. Yeah, I have no or interest in going to, to Orlando, yeah, but I'll catch a road game maybe. <laughs> I'll catch them in the in the championship game in Nevada in in Las Vegas in April. Oh, at the Raiders Stadium. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, all right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode. We'll be back. I would say probably pretty soon pretty because soon. there is so much news, so much going to be happening. We're going to have a lot more segments. We might have to fire up another wheel. Mm. Um, we're definitely going to have more. Are you kidding me? Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. See you guys.